Welcome back to the Pocket Podcast series. The Pocket Podcasts are pocket-sized podcasts where we record short episodes that fit seamlessly into your lives. In today's topic, we're going to be talking about the New York City nurses strike that's going on right now. The strike started yesterday, and it's going on at two of the major hospitals in the New York City system. That's the Mount Sinai Hospital and the Montefiore Hospital, which takes up more than half of the beds in the Bronx area. To talk about this topic, we're going to bring in my little sister, Rachel, who's finishing up her last year in nursing school. How's it going, Rach? Good, yeah. Excited to be here. Yeah, this one's really relevant to you and your career. Um, So I think you're going to be doing most of the talking for the show. So why don't you tell us um, what you know is going on and sort of fill in the gaps of the things that I missed. Yeah, I'm really interested in talking about this topic because this is these are like the locations where I'm really thinking of working, you know, applying for my jobs. Um, So this is a big issue that's going on right now. I think the root of the issue really is the short staffing that's happening. I mean, it's unsafe for the nurses and it's unsafe for the patients. I know on one of the news articles I was reading, it mentioned that the emergency department nurses are getting 20 patients to one nurse ratios where they should be getting like three to one ratios. Mm. Um, So that can be really, uh, really unsafe, really taxing and tolling on the nurses. Um, Yeah, so it's a really unsafe situation and I'm, I'm really looking forward to talking more about it. And when you say short staff, that's probably a term that's coming up in a lot of newspapers and resources, like you said. Um, what's like the definition of short staff? Right. So when you think of short staffing, ideally you have these patient to nurse ratios. And within those ratios, the nurse is able to take the best care of their patients. So if a nurse has three patients, then they're really only focusing on those three patients and the care needs of those three patients. So when I say that a nurse to patient ratio is one nurse to 20 patients, that nurse is in charge of the care for all 20 patients. And that can lead to a lot of mistakes um, down Mm -hmm. the line. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, As you're going to see in the next few months when you're working in the ICU, Mm -hmm. um, most Ideally, in most ICUs, nurses have two patients, and those two patients are usually like very busy patients. Mm -hmm. They're giving medications like around the clock. Um, They're doing assessments around the clock. Uh, Some of them are on ventilators. Some of them are on dialysis, and the dialysis bags need to be switched. Uh, So it can be a lot of work just between two patients. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it can be. Um, I know a lot of people right now are thinking, well, who's taking care of these patients while these nurses are on strike? I mean, it's more than 7,000 nurses who aren't going to their jobs right now. So I think Mm -hmm. it's important to talk about that, too. I know some of the managers called in their per diem staff, their part-time staff to come in and work. Um, Some doctors are even being called in to do some nursing duties. So, uh, I mean, it is a struggle to find people during these strikes to work, but there are these processes that are put in place in case this ever happens. So that's what they're turning to now. Um, But at the same time, the nurses at these hospitals, uh, they gave their managerial staff, I want to say about 10 days of a warning beforehand to kind of compromise with them, you know, come up with solutions, come up with something fair between both sides. Um, And according to the New York State branch of the American Nurses Association, these managerial staff, they didn't Either they didn't want to come up with a fair compromise or nothing came up and that was fair for both sides. So, um, I mean, there was 
warnings, there were definitely signs that this was going to happen and it could have been prevented. Yeah, and I think it's such an ethical dilemma when you're in healthcare to advocate for yourself. Um, because like you mentioned, there are still patients who are at hand here and you know other people are going to have to step in to take care of these patients mm -hmm. but at the same time to have long-term progress and like you know have longevity in these nurses careers unfortunately the only way to make people notice and to make some noise is to take drastic measures like this in order to advocate for yourself and for your career mm -hmm. yeah uh, I know there's been a lot of noise around travel nursing recently. So, I mean, we talk about how nurses are so underpaid. So, I mean, during COVID, the travel nurses were getting paid so much more. So a lot of the staff nurses were leaving to take those jobs mm -hmm. instead. And it, that's also kind of a dilemma. Like, why is the hospital willing to pay more money to these travel nurses to come in rather than paying their own staff nurses higher salaries? So, I mean, I... I don't really know. I would love to hear like a managerial standpoint behind that, but that's what just are, what it's been. What are most of your um, like co-nursing students thinking in terms of like jobs after they graduate? Like, are some of them looking at travel nursing because it has yeah. to be appealing to you know a lot of people based just based on the money and the ability to travel? Right. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot of students who are mm -hmm. really going in like before you do travel nursing you have to have experience in a very intense unit so that you have that experience to care for patients in different settings so a lot of mm -hmm. nursing students right now are thinking of going into the ICU or the emergency department some kind of critical care so they mm -hmm. have that experience and then can from there go on to travel nursing because of the higher pay mm -hmm. yeah it's, it's quite an interesting dichotomy because I feel like COVID really pushed the career of nursing um, into this point where there's a huge exodus and then there's also a huge shift of nurses towards these travel positions. Right. And even in my own hospital that I worked in, it totally shifted the vibe in terms of collegiality and just like the way things would operate. Mm -hmm. um, like when I first started my residency, it felt like everyone who was at this particular hospital had been there for potentially decades and had known each other for a long time. And then all of a sudden there was this sort of shift where a lot of new people were coming and they sort of had their own knowledge and skill set um, mm -hmm. in a large spectrum of skill set. Um, so you never really knew what you were getting. And it made nurses have to adjust, you know, how they work together. I think that also probably forced some nurses into retirement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, relationship building is super important um, in that field, you know, having each other's backs, knowing each other the way you work. Um, it all also is very important to welcome in new people. Like if you have a travel nurse, welcome them in, show them around, you know, show them where the supply closet is, for God's sake. Um, mm. But I mean, like you said, there was a huge shift and a lot of it was burnout. A lot of nurses and other healthcare staff, they were just getting burnt out by all of the heavy patient loads, all of the gowning donning on ppe and then donning off so mm -hmm. i mean bedside nursing is very very taxing mm -hmm. and it always has been maybe even more so now um so it's just a, happens to be a career where there's a lot of burnout yeah yeah it's and like how do you even like start to combat that burnout like i've heard you know people complain about like we don't want any more pizza parties um <laughs> we don't want any more like gift cards or you know like we want like something 
real? And like, what, what are those things do you think that would really make a big difference? Right. I think burnout can be a whole nother topic in itself that we talk about, but um, I think it really has to be unit based. Like you can't just give a general answer and then have that be the solution for all hospitals everywhere. You really have to have the managers sit down with their staff and ask them, what can I do to help you so that you can do your job well and for longer? And I think it's different depending on the unit you're on. Maybe you need more staff. Maybe you just need more emotional support if something goes wrong, or maybe you just, I don't know, just need more help or higher pay, some some kind of incentive or something to assist you in your day-to-day work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think emotional support is something that is definitely overlooked. I don't even think I've ever really seen a good example of emotional support uh, in like a hospital setting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having people, especially in an ICU setting, when you're taking care of sick patients, and then if something bad happens at the beginning of your shift, you kind of have to finish the rest of your shift. I mean, I, I've seen like almost no scenarios where somebody goes home early uh, for emotional reasons. And maybe maybe that's a good place to start. Right. Yeah. Uh, So what do you what did you take out of this? I guess I should probably say, what did I take out of this since you did most of the talking here? You should. What did you uh, take out of today's episode? So I took away uh, nurses are very much a team force in the hospital and it's they have to have each other's backs. And I think this strike is a good example where, you know, some people probably feel very passionately about this and others maybe not so much but collectively they're going to make so much noise and they're going to really be able to raise each other up mm-hmm. as a career and as a workforce um, i thought it was a really good point that you said for even travel nurses in a new place um you have to be welcoming to them and show them around uh, because they're also making sacrifices on their own part um, and then I really hope that we see an end to the strike in New York City because, like you said, we do have to take care of these patients. And nurses are really the hands and the hearts of the hospitals. They're the ones who spend the most time with patients. Um, And I would hate to see patients, you know, not get care. So I really hope they're able to work out something with their management um, and be able to get to a job that hopefully they still love to do. I know. I would hate for this to scare others away, too, from the world of nursing. It's a beautiful field. It is a wonderful place to work in. Um, But sometimes these things happen, and you just need more support, and you have to do what you need to do to get others to listen to you. Definitely. I hope it doesn't scare you away from nursing, so keep up with it. Oh, I'm deep in it already. (laughs) (laughs) Too far. I'm going back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, pass the point of no return. Yeah. All right, Rach. Well, another good pocket-sized episode. (laughs) I'll see you next time. See you next time.